Well, I'm here with Graham. Graham, perhaps maybe you just want to tell the people listening just a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm Graham Scott. I'm a pastor at a Baptist church uh, in Johnston, which is just in the outskirts of Paisley and near Glasgow. I've been there for seven years now. So I've been due a sabbatical, which is why I managed to get myself linked up with African Inland Mission. Um, I'm married. I've got two kids. Um, my daughter stays down just outside London with her husband. She's a would-be actress. And my son is a Baptist minister in Larkhall in Lanarkshire. That's me. That's fantastic. Uh, a fellow Baptist, which I'm glad to hear. And Amen. we're just... <laughs> Yeah, we have to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, tell us you were you were with AIM, and what was it that you got up to? I'd been doing a sabbatical from the church, uh, and I'd been out to Africa previously. So I thought I would love to go back because I've, I've got a real heart for the place in Kenya, in particular. Um, I really like the people there, and. I had thought about doing various things with my sabbatical. I'd actually spoken to another organisation and their idea was I would go and smuggle Bibles into Laos out of Cambodia with a group of 18 and 19 year olds. Uh, and thought, no, I'm not up for that. So I then linked in with Shona, the Glasgow rep for AIM, and she said, oh, we'll tailor make something for you. So I sent them my CV and they fired it out to some of their contacts through the Kenya office, or the Eastern region. And uh, they came back to me and said, there's a Bible college in a place called Kitali up towards the Ugandan border that would be delighted to have you. Would you be up for it and going doing some teaching? So I said, well, that's outside my comfort zone, but yes, why not? So that's where I ended up in Bishop Bire College. Super. And so whenever you went out to Kitali, what were, uh, what were you actually getting up to day to day being there? What were your kind of expectations and how did they change when you arrived? Well, what they wanted me to do was teach. They initially wanted me to teach four classes. They wanted me to teach the Gospels. They wanted me to teach um, philosophy. They wanted me to teach um, the Holy Spirit and salvation. And then they wanted me to do world religions, which involved 30 hours for each of these subjects with the same class. So it's a very concentrated. They run the class over one week. So you've basically the same students for like 30 hours. And it's, it's full on. But by the time this all had come into place, there was no way I had the time to do 120 hours worth of teaching. Because uh, I was basically starting from scratch. So trying to cobble stuff together with the information that the college could provide me with was, was just a non-starter. So I had to say to them, look, this is meant to be a sabbatical. Aren't you? I'm, I'm not out as a, you know, a labourer for you. I'm out there to recharge my batteries, do some of my own stuff, but if I can help you in any way, I can. So they said, okay, how about doing two of the modules? So I ended up doing the, the Gospels, and I also did World Religions for them, which was my first experience, um, not just of teaching in, in Kenya or, or Africa, but teaching full stop. So I've got a huge respect for teachers, especially those that mark the papers. That's That was the scary bit, so... Yeah, but it was good. It was a really, really interesting and something different for me to do and get involved in. So I thoroughly enjoyed it and I would thoroughly recommend it to anybody looking to do anything similar. That's great to hear your appreciation for teachers. I used to be a teacher, so always welcome yeah. that. <laughs> Marking exam papers is brutal. 
Tedious, yes, would be the word. No, tedious, yeah. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> you know you've covered everything and you look at some of the answers and you think, where on earth did they get that from? Yeah, yeah. No, so my my daughter-in-law is a is a primary school teacher, so my respect for teachers is, is immense. So had you been on short-term mission trips before? If so, how were they different from this one that you went on this time? I suppose it wasn't really a short-term trip necessarily, more of a sabbatical. Before before I get into um, the ministry, I'd actually worked for a, a charity um, called Mission Aviation Fellowship. So I'd spent some time with them in Tanzania and in Kenya and also in southern Sudan. So I'd been out in Africa a fair wee bit. And the vast bulk of that was, was short term to, to basically gather news gain you know gain a better understanding of what the organization does in the ground so when i was going around the churches speaking to supporters and speaking to churches i could speak to it from a first-hand experience and that's that's where africa basically get into my blood because uh, it is as a place once you've seen you will always always want to go back no doubt about that at all graham i suppose whenever you were there teaching in katali how did you see God work through challenges you faced through your sort of initial period of teaching people that you met what ways did you see God working even in that short space of time that you were there he managed he, he managed to get me to a place where the teaching I was doing was teaching me as well as teaching the students because of the work I had to do to put together the classes for them I learned so much. And then dealing with my first class of 25 students in it and dealing with 25 students who are coming at it from a different cultural perspective, the learning curve in that was was, was enormous for me. I mean, it, it didn't help that, that the Kenyans are quite quietly spoken. They seem to whisper. I mean, you're a loud guy from Glasgow, you know, and you be teaching you know without any any other age you're using your voice a lot but to have to go into the middle of the class room and actually ask them to repeat the question because you couldn't hear what they were saying because they're so quiet um was was something new for me but the questions i was getting hit with boy did i have to think boy did it make me have to know the stuff i was teaching because they you know they know they know their gospels they know their stuff so yeah no it was it was a massive learning curve for me and through that i've made some really really good friends really really good contacts with everything that i've been doing so yeah it's been it's been a well worthwhile exercise from my perspective and it's i would say it's improved me and who i am and what i'm now doing now that i'm back home here in in scotland so then I suppose you've already kind of answered my next question, but maybe you want to expand on that. How were you able to use your skills that you had honed in ministry in life in general uh, in Glasgow over the years? How were you able to use those skills in serving God in Kenya? I took a guitar out with me. One of one of my members, um, James, had passed on and his daughter came and said to me, look, my dad's got a guitar. Could you use it? Now I'm I'm a guitarist. Uh, I I play at the church every Sunday and stuff like that. But I've got my own guitars. But I thought at the time someone had suggested to me, 
about taking a guitar out to the, the college. This was obviously God working because I got a really nice Fender guitar from James's daughter and I took it out to Kenya with me. So the college now has a, a nice Fender guitar and one of the students there is really very musical and before I left, he was playing recognisable tunes on it. So that was that was a blessing both for me and for them and we were teaching each other new songs and stuff like that. So that was that was great. But I think it was the connection ultimately as as we grew to know each other over the six weeks I was actually with the college and and dealing with the lecturers as well, you know, like like Harrison and Levy and Philip, the 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 other teachers that were actually there. We really grew and developed together to the extent of if I ever want to go back, I know that they'll take me without hesitation. You know, they, they, they would be delighted to see me come back and help me. Um, and I would love to go back and help them. Now that I'm looking to retire from either position, I might actually do that, but we'll, we'll wait and see. My wife may have something to say about that. Maybe you could bring her with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's actually been out in short-term mission. She went out to southern Sudan in the middle of a place called Q, K-W-E-W, if you can find it in the map of southern Sudan, um, mm. working in a lab there. But yeah, it was uh, that was a huge learning curve for her and her friend. I mean, uh, but as you see, both of us are, are, are keen on mission work and, and being helpful to others. With Audrey's background as a biomedical scientist, she felt she wasn't actually much use out there, but what she was there is, was as an encourager, hmm. which is a real gift that she's got. That's fantastic, all these different connections and how God works in his providence. So Amen. I wonder then, would you be able to pick out just one highlight from your time in Kenya and maybe one low light uh, from your time in Kenya as well? <laughs> let, let me start with a low light. Okay. Which maybe turns into a highlight, actually, because a dose of amoebic dysentery is never a good thing to catch, which is what I managed to catch. So the moral of the story is don't drink the water unless you've actually boiled it properly, which I obviously didn't do. Um but I came back a stone and a half lighter, so every cloud does have its silver lining. So, um, yeah, that that was an issue. But the hospital that Harrison took me to sorted me out to sweet. I mean, within 24 hours, I was fighting fit again. So I, I can't praise them enough. The highlight was really the friendships, the, the connections, the the ongoing connections that we've now got with with churches in, in Africa. Johnson Baptist Church is now in with a church in Nairobi. Uh, and all of that came about because I was able to go out and meet up with a chap that I'd met in 2006 who'd been working in Kibera at that time. So Vitilis Matindi, his church, is now twinned with Johnson Baptist Church. And we are constantly praying for one another and supporting one another through prayer. This isn't this isn't a financial thing. You know, we're not sending them money to do stuff. What we're doing is we're supporting them spiritually. At some stage, I am quite sure we will support them in other ways. But at the present point, it's just purely through prayer for one another, building that relationship. Uh, and so they know on a Sunday morning, we're praying for them and we know that they're praying for us. And it's the same with the, the African Inland Church uh, in K 
Catali and the surrounding areas. Because I was probably to go into a highlight, if you like, one of the churches I spoke at in my second second week there was actually a new plan. It was the first Sunday where they'd actually been officially recognised as an official AIC church. And I was the guest speaker at it. The Damazungu is their first speaker at this newly planted church. And that was an immense honour for me. It was a huge honour for me to be the first person to be invited to go and speak at this planted church. I don't think I'll ever get the opportunity to do it again. So that was that was phenomenal. So finally then, Graham, I'll just ask you, how has your experience in Kenya, uh, the ups and the downs from your time with amoebic dysentery, how has all of that experience combined into one as you've come back to Glasgow uh, to change your view on mission? It hasn't really changed my view on mission. All it has done is strengthen my view of mission. I've always had a positive view of mission, positive to the extent of I want to see the African churches and I want to see the people that are benefiting from what the African churches are doing grow themselves. I want them to be the ones that take things forward. I don't see what I've done as being me going in and interfering and showing them how to do something. All I've done is I've gone in and helped them because they need help and support. And my sabbaticals are a way of doing that. So that I see as, as helping them, helping them to focus their attention on what they need to be doing to improve their own situation. Because as part of it, I spoke to the, the Bishop of Kitali, who's got 332 churches under his charge. And I pointed out to him that the, the college itself, to value the college, they need to be doing more for the college because the college is basically running on a huge string just now. So they need to take what they're doing because the college is providing them with pastors for their churches. So they need to be supporting it. It would be very easy for me to come home here and start a wee campaign and get loads of churches to start throwing money at the college for them to, you know, dig themselves out of a, you know, the, the position that they find themselves in. But that's not what it's about. It needs to start with the AIC church itself identifying. We need to be supporting this. So the first thing the bishop said was he fully agreed with me. So in, I think it's early April this year, the first Sunday after the graduation ceremony at the college, all 330-odd churches, the offerings of that Sunday are going to the college. So that that's a start. That's something that wasn't there when I would, you know, when I arrived, but it's there now. I'm also sending out books to them as well. If I can find a cheap way to send out a caseload of books, I'm still working on that. But what I would strongly, strongly suggest is if there's any ministers listening to this, if, if they're coming up for a sabbatical and they fancy doing something different, please speak to AIM. Please let them tailor something for you and let them go out there and experience the things I've experienced because it's changed. It's changed my outlook. It's changed it's changed my preaching. It's changed so much um, that I've been so blessed of what I've been able to to see and do and the friendships I've built up off the back of it. So, yeah, thank you.
AIM for doing all of that for me. It's very encouraging again, Graham. So I wonder if you could just leave those of us listening with just one or two things to pray for, perhaps for yourself and for the guys that are still out there in Kenya, the training college. Yep. If you want to pray for Johnson Baptist Church, we're a, we're a small fellowship. We're running a, a food bank and a, a, a cafe and a Wednesday, but we're about to launch into an alpha course, which is something new for us. So pray that God will make the, the people we're in contact with receptive to that, to, to coming and hearing about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So that's that's specifically for the church. But if you want to pray, pray for the work being done by African Inland Mission. Pray for the work being done by the African Inland Churches. Pray specifically for the, the students and the teachers at Bishop Bire College in Kitali because there are some phenomenal people there. There are people who are going to make a real difference when they graduate and get into the churches because they are they are so switched on and so on fire to see the Lord. And I've said to them, if they want to come back over to Scotland here and start a revival for us, I would be more than happy. Graham, thank you much for talking to me. It's been a real blessing. Well, thanks for that, Amos. It's been a pleasure. God bless you. God bless you.